Today is Palm Sunday. Uh, so I want to read the story that Christians have often read on this day. Um, and I guess I want to, I want to trust uh, that as we read this familiar story, God will speak to us in our current peculiar circumstances, speak to where we are now. Um, all four gospel writers uh, tell this story. Uh, I'm going to read Luke's version from Luke chapter 19, uh, reading from verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. I don't know uh, what part of that story uh, maybe catches your attention uh, as, I, as I'm reading it. Um, maybe for me this week, there were four phrases in the story that really uh, rang a bell for me or caught my attention. Um, and I want to share them with you. Uh, and I guess I find uh, that each of these phrases uh, really speaks powerfully to where we're living right now. And I find them a real encouragement and challenge for these days. Um, and I hope you will too. Uh, the first phrase, right at the heart of the story, uh, the crowd uh, proclaim, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Uh, the center of this story uh, is this scene of exuberant praise. Uh, there, there are a lot of paintings that have been done uh, of this story. Uh, this is one of the, the most beautiful, I think, uh, of Jesus entering Jerusalem. But maybe the one thing that strikes me that seems a little wrong in this picture is uh, people look very serious. And if there's one thing that strikes me as I read this story is it's exuberant, loud, joyful praise. The people threw cloaks on the road. They praise God joyfully with loud voices. Uh, in the other gospels, they also wave palm branches in the air. Um, it's a scene of joyful, exuberant 
praise. Um, and it's kind of a strange moment in the story because as you're reading Luke's gospel or any of the gospels, the, the storm clouds at this point are gathering. Uh, the enemies of Jesus are plotting violence. Uh, and really there's, there's a sense of the cross kind of coming into view. But here, suddenly in the middle of all that, on the road to the cross, there's this moment of joyful praise. And I, I want to encourage you in these strange, difficult days that we are in, uh, when maybe it feels like storm clouds are gathering, maybe we're very aware of enemies, we're aware of death uh, on the horizon. Um, I want to encourage you in these days to bless the name of the Lord and to do it joyfully and exuberantly and even loudly. Uh, maybe sometimes we wonder if that's possible to do that in days like this. Maybe sometimes we even wonder is it appropriate? Um, I want to actually suggest to you this morning that it's essential <laughs> that lifting our voices to worship God will actually give us strength and hope and resilience for the days ahead. Um, I, I want to kind of make clear, I'm not talking about living in denial. I'm not talking about sticking our fingers in our ears and singing Jesus loves me while whatever goes on in the world. We need to have our eyes open and be aware, and we need to play our part in loving our neighbors and fighting the virus. And we also need to bring our fears and our anxieties to God. But we also need to lift our voice in blessing and praise. Uh, one of the moments I remember most vividly in my life, uh, one of those moments that's kind of just uh, right there uh, that, that I can bring to mind so easily. Um, when I was a lot younger and I was involved in student ministry, uh, I, I had the chance to go to a conference in the Netherlands uh, with other people who were involved in student ministry around the world. And there were people there from, I think, over 150 different countries, which was just an extraordinary thing to be part of. And we were led in worship each day by groups from different countries. Um, I started to notice something strange. I, I noticed that those who came from the parts of the world that have suffered the most often worshipped in the most joyful and exuberant ways, while maybe those of us from the more comfortable parts of the world, from Western Europe and America and Australia, were a little more stiff and formal and self-conscious. Uh, and I will never forget being led one morning by Christians from Rwanda. And this was only a few years after the genocide, in which perhaps a million people were killed in a period of 100 days. And many of these Christians who were there had lost friends and lost family members. And all of them had seen unspeakable horrors that I can't imagine. But they led us in song and they blessed the name of the Lord. And they sang the song we sang a minute ago, Blessed, blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. And they sang with joy and they danced. Um, and I, I have to say, I felt so rebuked in my um, kind of stiff, formal, self-conscious manner, uh, that even I started to shuffle awkwardly as they led us in, in worship. Uh, and they didn't seem to me to be like people in denial. They were people who had grieved deeply and wept and cried out to God and asked why and asked how long. But they also made this fierce choice to bless God and worship. Um, and I want to encourage you to make the same choice as we go through something, I think, not, not really comparable 
to what they had gone through. But I want to encourage you, uh, as an act of defiance, as an act of resistance against the things that threaten us, to lift your voice and to bless God, to lift your voice in thanksgiving. Um, in recent years, studies have shown that uh, just pausing three times a day to bring to mind the things that you're thankful for will actually help your mental health in all kinds of ways and make you more resilient. Um, long before uh, these recent studies that have discovered these things, uh, Paul said, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. The psalmist said even, even longer ago, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Um, and maybe, I don't know if this sounds a wee bit strange, but I, I want to actually encourage you in these days to praise God a little more exuberantly and a little more demonstratively and, and even a little more loudly than usual. Um, people have been uh, sharing stories in recent days of uh, someone was sharing with me during the week that they're in their house by themselves uh, and they found themselves reading the Bible aloud and praying aloud and singing aloud. Uh, someone else shared a story of being on a beach by themselves and listening to worship music uh, and there was nobody else on the beach and they started singing out loud uh, on the beach. And I think that instinct is right in days like this. So maybe if you don't normally kneel, you could kneel. Maybe if you don't normally lift your hands, you could lift your hands. Maybe you could sing out loud, read scripture out loud, pray out loud, shout aloud to the rock of your salvation. So I want to encourage you to bless the name of the Lord. Um, second phrase from this story. Uh, it says, as Jesus approached Jerusalem, he saw the city and he wept over it. Uh, maybe this strikes you, it certainly strikes me as kind of an abrupt change of mood. Uh, one minute we're dancing in the street and the next minute Jesus is weeping over the city. Uh, but actually I want to suggest these two things belong side by side. We are to be people who worship like those disciples. We are to be people who weep like Jesus. Um, Cara reminded us last week uh, so beautifully of how often in the Gospels uh, we're told that Jesus looked at people. He looked at the crowd and he had compassion on them. Uh, sometimes the crowd, sometimes an individual. But he looked and he saw and he was moved with compassion and sometimes he wept. And maybe I sense that maybe this is one of the things God might be doing among us in these days is giving us that same heart that is in Jesus, maybe breaking our hearts a little bit, maybe softening our hearts a little bit, giving us more compassion for the crowds around us, helping us to look and to see people in trouble, people in pain, people hurting, giving us even the gift of tears. Um, it seems like in these days, we're a little more aware of our neighbours. Um, where, where I'm doing my work at the minute, sitting on the first floor of our house, looking out. I just find myself sometimes looking out at the older couple who live opposite us and I see them moving around their conservatory and I find myself wondering how they're doing and I find myself sometimes praying for them. Um, we've had conversations with neighbours we've never spoken to before in these days across the street at a distance, but we, we're speaking to each other. I'm sure you find the same. 
But it also seems we've been noticing neighbours in distress. And some of you have shared stories this week uh, for prayer. Uh, A family with a little girl in ICU fighting for her life. A family with a teenage girl recovering from heart surgery. Um, These things were going on before coronavirus. But we seem in these days more aware, more moved by other people's pain. I wonder, do you sense that happening too? Um, I wonder, could we pray that that shift, that change will last when this is all over? Uh, I wonder, could you find some time this week to sit at your window and look and bring to mind your neighbours and bring to mind our town and bring to mind our world and ask God to break your heart for what breaks his and even ask for the gift of tears to weep like Jesus Um, John Donne uh, was a wonderfully gifted preacher and poet uh, in the 17th century Um, and John Donne wrote maybe his most famous lines when he was in isolation in London with the pox uh, and he heard as he was in in his own home the church bells ringing uh, and he wondered who had died Um, and he wrote these words he wrote no man is an island entire of itself Each is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less. And then he said this, he said, Each man's death diminishes me, for I am involved in mankind. Therefore send not to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Um, And I wonder if that's part of what's going on in these days. Maybe when you hear a siren, This week, you can hear it as a call to pray and maybe even as a call to weep because we're all involved in mankind. We're all involved with each other. We are in this together. Um, Let's pray for the gift of a heart like Jesus for our neighbours. Third thing uh, that caught my attention as I read this story, uh, Jesus says, if only you had known what would bring you peace. If only you had known what would bring you peace. Um, The greatest desire Jesus has for the people of the city is that they would find peace. And he grieves that they go about their lives and they somehow miss it. It's right there in front of them, but they can't see it. It's hidden from their eyes. Um, And I guess I want to ask you quite directly this morning. Do you know today what will bring you peace? Um, And I'm guessing there are lots of little answers that we could give which are true, uh, things we can do that will bring us some peace and some calm. Uh, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's a walk in the forest. Maybe it's just sitting still and breathing for a while. Uh, Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's colouring in. Uh, Maybe it's talking to your grandkids on FaceTime. Um, I want to encourage you to do all those things. But I also want to say this that our deepest peace, the peace we crave more than anything else, can only be found in Jesus himself. He's the one that we call the Prince of Peace. He's the one who says to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And I do not give as the world gives. This is a different kind of peace. This is a peace beyond understanding. The tragedy of the people in Jerusalem at that time was they ran around looking in every other place 
and the peace giver and the peacemaker was standing in front of them. But they missed it. Um, earlier on in Luke's gospel, Jesus again looked at the city of Jerusalem and he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were not willing. Um, it reminds me of the words of Aslan in the Narnia Chronicles when he says, Oh, Adam's sons, how cleverly you defend yourselves against all that might do you good. Um, I want to encourage you this morning. Do you know uh, what will bring you peace? Um, fourth thing, last thing. Um, the phrase at the very end of what we read, um, Jesus says, you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you, the time of God's visiting. Um, and I, every time I read this line, I find it so sad because the people of Israel and Jerusalem, of all people, uh, should have been ready to recognize God when he visited them because he'd prepared them for 2,000 years with stories and songs and the law and the prophets. But here was God in human form walking among them. And in six days, they were going to call together for his death. Um, and Jesus speaks to that generation really stark and difficult words, and they're hard to read. And he tells them there's judgment coming on them because they've rejected God's peace and now war is coming. Um, and that prophecy would be fulfilled uh, less than 40 years later uh, with the destruction of Jerusalem. But I find myself thinking how easy it is for you and I for us to miss the times when God visits us because we're distracted, because we're busy, because we aren't paying attention. Um, wonder did you ever notice in the Gospels how often Jesus' own disciples don't recognize him, um, especially after the resurrection, but, but even also before. He comes walking on the water and they think it's a ghost. Mary Magdalene sees him in the garden and thinks he's the gardener. They see him on the shore when they're fishing and they think he's a stranger. They walk the road to Emmaus with him and they don't recognize him. Um, and I guess in these days, when you and I are not allowed to visit each other and we're finding that hard, um, I want to remind you of this, that God wants to come and visit with you this week. Jesus says in John 14, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. My father and I will come and make our home with you. Jesus says in Revelation 3, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and we will eat together. And so I want to encourage you as we finish, don't miss the time of his coming this week. Um, it can happen any day. It can happen any moment. Make sure you have your eyes open to see it. For those with eyes to see, for those with ears to hear, he's going to come and visit you this week. And you don't need to keep him at a distance. Um, you can open wide your door. You can open wide your home. You can open wide your heart. Um, and he'll come and eat with you and be with you uh, where you are. Um, let's pray together as we finish. And then we're going to sing one more time. Um, Father, I want to pray one more time for each person uh, tuning in uh, today or in the week ahead. And Father, I don't know 
what their need is. I don't know what's going on in their, their homes and their families and their work and their hearts. Uh, but Lord, you know. Um, Father, I want to pray for each person. Would we recognize this week the time of your coming to us, the time of your visiting? Would we know this week the things that will really bring us peace at the deepest part of our, the, the core of our being, the center of our humanity, uh, the peace that we crave? Father, help each of us to recognize that that peace is found in Jesus and that he's standing waiting to be invited again into our homes and into our hearts and into our lives. Father, come and meet with us this week. Come and bring us peace in the midst of these days of trouble. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.